why seemingly everything went wrong for the New Orleans Saints against the Carolina Panthers, why it's not time to give up on Jameis Winston already, and what is next for this New Orleans Saints team. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and of course here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. Now, we have to get right into it for today's episode. Would love to be talking about a victory Monday, the Saints starting 2-0 for the first time since 2013. And unfortunately, that's just simply not what we're here to talk about today. The Saints lose their game against the Carolina Panthers 26-7 to in a game where seemingly nothing could go right for the New Orleans Saints. And while the national media, while a lot of places are taking their time to dunk all over the New Orleans Saints, let's talk about the reality here in terms of the explanation of not what happened, but why it happened. The New Orleans Saints had a lot of trouble in this game, and it was not an easy one for them. They were managing a ton of adversity, and we talked about it a bunch last week. This team is usually one of the best in doing it, but at some point, everything got to just be a little bit too much. They've been on the road since the end of last month at the end of August because of the displacement with Hurricane Ida. You had uh, nine starters out for this game, including folks that are suspended, that are on injured reserve, that are on COVID lists, that are on PUP lists. And speaking of COVID lists, you also had seven or eight coaches out all week, and six of them not available to be on the sideline for you. Now, this team, the New Orleans Saints, they're not interested in creating excuses for themselves, but certainly there are explanations in terms of everything that went wrong for the Saints and things that you can still learn from that apply even when you get all of those pieces back. I want to start off with what I think is going to potentially be an issue for the New Orleans Saints moving forward, and it's the offensive line. My concern around the offensive line isn't talent when it comes to the players, we know that this offensive line is very good, but the issue is that it's not getting healthier anytime soon. I mean, the best situation here is that you get Austin Ryder, the center that the Saints ended up signing just uh, last uh, yeah, last week. Yeah, only gave up 11 pressures with Kansas City last year. No sacks. Hasn't given up a sack since they won the Super Bowl. You get him up to speed with the offense and calling protections and IDs, things like that. Then all of a sudden, you're in a good place. You shift Cesar Ruiz back to right guard, and then you're kind of in a place to where you're a little bit more status quo than you are right now, where you have Cesar Ruiz, who just made his first start at center without a coach in the facility, without an assistant coach in the facility, and of course, without those coaches on the sideline for him as well, particularly Dan Rauscher. That's tough to try to combat throughout, especially when you spend all offseason learning right guard, kind of keeping aware of what's going on at center in case you ever needed to move there. But Eric McCoy, has done so much work crafting his communication and making sure that he's on point in terms of protections and IDs and working his communication with Jameis Winston. And that's new for the Saints. That is a new problem that they now have to overcome because Drew Brees used to do all of that. Now, Jameis Winston still IDs a couple of things that are going on in terms of the uh, pressure coming from the secondary that running backs help with that as well. But in terms of the front seven, the defensive line and the linebackers, which gave the Saints so much trouble in this game against Carolina, that comes down to the center position. So it's a little bit more challenging now when you have to swap out offensive linemen than it was before because of the uniqueness of the new status quo 
for the New Orleans Saints. So when it comes down to it, one of the things that I want to highlight about the offensive line is sort of the explanation behind why everything went wrong. They went from allowing a hundred, or excuse me, paving the way for 171 rushing yards against Green Bay to only 48 against Carolina, 4.4 yards per carry in week one, 2.8 in week two, Alvin Kamara, 0.6 yards per carry in week two. The two running backs, Kamara and Tony Jones Jr. combined for 12 yards on 11 carries. So challenging in the run game, but also they were challenged quite a bit in the passing game. The exotic blitz packages where they were overloading Carolina was one side of the line of scrimmage, swapping over to the other side of the line of scrimmage, then sending A-gap pressure. All the things that they did to mix and match and then cause confusion in terms of taking advantage of the issue for the New Orleans Saints, they did a great job doing that. Zero sacks allowed the first game four in week two, uh, a bunch of procedural issues with false starts, with um, you know delay of games, timeouts to avoid delay of games, crowd noise, a big part of that as well. Went from allowing nine pressures to 25 in this game. And of course, some of those doubled up on certain plays and things like that. But according to ESPN stats and info, 64% of Jameis Winston dropbacks were under pressure. And some of those were immediate pressure, right up the middle, right off the edge, whatever it might be with free blitzers. So for the Saints, the big issue for them came down to communication. You heard everyone talk about it. Sean Payton, Teron Armstead, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, everybody talked about communication. And you missed all of that in your preparatory period. You missed all of that with the transition from Eric McCoy to a new center. And of course, not having these coaches on the sideline throughout this game. But you still have to get better there, right? We, you'll get the communication back in order because you're going to get the coaches back and all that. But Eric McCoy is probably going to miss a couple of weeks. So you have to get Cesar Ruiz or whoever it is that's going to be playing center for this extended period of time up to speed and in communication with Jameis Winston. So you have to fix that no matter what. Wide receiver separation, CJ was out, Coach CJ, who do, who coaches the wide receivers, he was out throughout the week. Not a surprise to see some issues over there because you had all of these blitzers coming from all over the place, which means that Carolina played a ton of man coverage, but they won at the line of scrimmage. New Orleans Saints don't have to generate separation downfield. They need to win at the line of scrimmage so that when that pressure is coming, you could start to get the ball out more quickly. And then you try to keep Jameis Winston from getting rattled so that he can make those smart throws. Jameis Winston made a couple of ill-advised decisions in this game. Is it time to write him off? I don't think so. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But when it comes down to it, when you're under pressure for 64% of your passes, it's hard. It's hard to do that unless you're Drew Brees, maybe. But regardless of who used to be the quarterback, who's the quarterback now? What's the system now? What do you need to do to keep that a winning team moving forward? The Saints have all the talent. They have everything that they need. They were just really up against impossible odds in this game. When it comes down to the defensive side in this one, they struggled early, buttoned up a little bit late, only allowed nine points in that second half. At one point, they had went from allowing over 200 total passing yards to uh, Sam Darnold to only being around 51 in that second half. They really tightened up a bit there. But Zach Bond got exposed early, and the Carolina Panthers went right after him. He was targeted seven times in this game, allowed four catches for 68 yards. He's a backup, guys. Like That's what he's doing right now. He's in there in relief of Quan Alexander, who's on injured reserve for at least two more weeks. Ideally, the Saints were able to get Quan Alexander back, but there's a reason that Zach Bond didn't win the linebacker competition there, that open spot, over Quan Alexander, even though Quan Alexander didn't even get to participate in the offseason and most of training camp, right? He needs more time, Zach Bond does, and he'll get it. Just unfortunately, he won't get it quietly. He'll get it under the lights. 
because again, Quan Alexander's on injured reserve. Pete Warner's injured as well. We'll see what happens with him, but it's a challenging situation that the Saints will have to continue to overcome. They also met some challenges, saw some challenges in the passing game. Like I mentioned, Jameis Winston making some ill-advised throws. Is it time to give up on him? I don't think so. We'll talk about why up next and continue to try to provide context and explanation behind the absolute meltdown that the Saints were subject to in week two, their 26-7 loss against the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to sit here and be all doom and gloom about it because there's so many things that are going to end up self-correcting just by getting people back in the building. But again, there are always takeaways, ways to improve, and things to continue on. We'll talk about some of those things as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about our good friends at GetUpside. This is really cool. It's an incredible app for everyone that buys gas. Everybody does it, especially those of us that are getting to the point where we're going back to offices, all that other stuff. Now, you can actually enjoy going to the gas pump a little bit because for with, with GetUpside and this app, which you can get on the Apple Store, the App Store, and of course, Google Play as well, uh, you're going to get 25 cents per gallon back every time that you fill up. This is pretty cool, right? Because gas prices are all over the place. They're rising all over the place, everything like that. Now you can get yourself some cash back. Never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. And you're going to get some of that money back with GetUpside. Just download it on the App Store. And also, don't forget to use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, T-O-U-C-H-D-O-W-N, touchdown, of course. And then you're going to get 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. So double that value with the first tank that you fill up. Some people aren't going to be drive aren't going to be driving as much, but a lot of folks are driving a ton and because of that they're saving 200 $300 and getting that cash back and best of all there's no catch. You can get it back to your bank account, you can get it on PayPal, or you could even get it as an Amazon gift card or any other brand as well. So go and check it out. It's a free app. Download it, get upside and use that promo code touchdown so that you can get 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank, that's code touchdown with the Get Upside app. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode. And look, I'm here to tell you, it's not time to give up on Jameis Woodson just yet. I know a lot of people were waiting for the immediate window to open so they could dive right through and talk about the end of Jameis Winston in New Orleans. And we saw it, right? The commentators during the game were talking about, hey, is it time to bench Jameis Winston? And ultimately, they were saying no, but they were still having the conversation because everyone has been waiting for Jameis Winston to have that first game. Didn't matter if it happened you know, this early in the season or if it happened after the bye week. Didn't matter. This conversation was going to come up, that it was time to move on from Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston just really kind of got the short end of the stick out of all of this. Now, could Jameis Winston have made some better choices? Yeah, sure. But on one of the interceptions that he threw, the pass was actually there. It's just that he was under so much pressure that he couldn't get the ball there. Like, this is why for the New Orleans Saints and for Jameis Winston, you have to wait. You have to wait and then come back and have these reactions after you get more context. Context has been the theme of this episode so far, making sure that we're looking at things not for an excuse purpose, but simply for an explanation purpose, because the Saints are going to have to figure out kind of how all of this goes together and what they take from it in order to improve moving forward. And that becomes really important for Jameis Winston as well. Let's be very clear here. This is not the same Jameis Winston that was in Tampa Bay. It can't be. There's no chance. It's not. And we've seen that in the, the way that he, that he speaks in terms of the way that he like accepts responsibility for things. Remember, Jameis Winston a couple of years ago during a press conference 
when everything was going extremely poorly, talked about how much he was balling and that he was having this great season and just ignoring the things that were going wrong around him, whether it was whether you believe it was his fault or not, things were going wrong around him in Tampa Bay, right? You get him here to New Orleans. What does he say after this game? That he has to communicate better, that he has to be louder at the line of scrimmage, that he has to combat the opposing crowds, right? That it's his responsibility, that he didn't play well, that he has to be better. This is a very different Jameis Winston than the young Jameis Winston that we saw in Tampa. The other thing that's different is the coaching. Because what was Sean Payton doing at the same time? He was taking full responsibility for it. He wasn't throwing players under the bus, like what you saw sometimes in Tampa. In this situation, Sean Payton was saying, hey, this is on me. Yeah, we didn't have coaches on the sideline. Whatever. I was there. I was on the sideline. I should have been better, right? So the Saints have a mutual understanding that everyone takes responsibility for their actions. And Jameis Winston absolutely did that. Again, were both of those throws advisable? I think you can say no, right? Because you're under pressure, you're about to get tackled, things like that. But the actual, again, one of the passes that he threw, Deontay Harris was actually behind the safety. It's just that he was under so much pressure that he couldn't get his base to get the ball downfield, right? So what are you going to do, right? So I, the conversation around Jameis Winston not being good enough off of one performance is about as useless as the conversation of Jameis Winston being perfect after the opening game performance, right? There were a lot of us that talked about Jameis Winston being somebody that was in line for a postseason award after that first game. And I said it, right? If Jameis Winston maintains any okay level of production moving forward, that he would be in line and that the uh, comeback player of the year award would be something that could potentially fit into his future by the end of the season. Some of those same people are now saying, got to start Taysom. I have trouble understanding that any quarterback would have been good in the situation that the New Orleans Saints were in on uh, on Sunday against Carolina, outside of maybe Drew Brees, because he would have covered up some of your inefficiencies because of his 15-year knowledge of the offense. That's just not That's just not where we are now, right? That's not where the New Orleans Saints are. That's not where we, those of us that are watching these games are anymore, right? They're having to pull together throughout these growing pains and having to truly come together as a unit. The New Orleans Saints, as a team, lost their game against the Carolina Panthers. It's not on any one person. And so to sit around and talk about how this is all on Jameis Winston and that Jameis Winston being benched would somehow make this team a better team right now, based on what you saw yesterday where everyone struggled, it's a little short-sighted. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to mince words or anything like that, right? It's a little short-sighted. So I think you wait. If you see those decisions, the ones that you would consider bad decisions, if you see those continue on throughout the next three or four games, then you absolutely have an argument because that's what becomes most important here. And this is why confidence is so important. And this is why the New Orleans Saints talking about communication is so important because you have to have that coaching. You have to be in the right environment so that when you have performances like that, that you're not then going into the next performance trying to not do that again, as opposed to the focus being on your identity, who you are, and what this team does as a whole. If you go in individually saying, I have to be better than I was last week, you're going to run into trouble. But if you come in and your focus is on the game plan, your focus is on the team, your focus is on operating as a unit, then you bounce back from those things. It's part of the, the, the short memory thing that we talk about for quarterbacks, cornerbacks, 
uh, everybody on the football field, right? It's one of those things I've always talked about as a mantra. It's not what you do wrong, it's what you do next. What Jameis Winston does next is more informative than what was done wrong in week two. And yes, there were mistakes. I'm never going to deny that. There were bad choices. Although one of them, not so much. I want to make sure that I say that. But there were bad choices in this game. Do you see the bad choices continue moving forward? If so, then you have an argument. But right now, you kind of have to do the same thing that the New Orleans Saints are going to do, which is sit back, be patient, wait until more things become clear, make adjustments, see what you look like moving forward. That will be the most important thing that Jameis Winston can do is not allow himself to be defined to himself based upon that performance yesterday. Same thing for the New Orleans Saints, but the Saints have to take it a step further. So we're going to talk about the most important thing that the New Orleans Saints have to do as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. I'm going to tell you about the right thing that you should be doing about all of those different the, the devices that you're using all over the place, the, the, the subscriptions that you have, the logins that you're trying to juggle. Stop all of it. Trust me. I was a part of that group. I was there with you. But now DirecTV Stream has helped me get my TV together. And I mean this. I use it. It's fantastic. It's seamless. Going from live sports into movies, your favorite TV shows, all that. You don't have to jump to somebody else's subscription that you're borrowing because you know you had somebody from next door who you're like, hey, I got this, you got that, and then you're trading. Out. You don't have to do that. You don't have to schedule out who's using what logins when. You don't have to jump from device to device and juggle remote from remote. No, 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 none of that. It's all in one package and all in one place like never before with Direct TV Stream. You want more information on it? You can check out DirectTV. Dot com. It's directtv.com, your favorite TV shows, your favorite sports, your favorite everything, all in one place. It's awesome. Go and check it out again, directtv.com. Uh, compatible device is required. And of course, content varies by package. And speaking of package, I want you to go and get a package of your favorite protein bars. I know you love them. Built Bars, our good friends over here. And I want to tell you about your new favorite flavor. I'm going to just tell you right now what's your new favorite flavor. Cookie dough chunk made with real cookie dough covered in 100% chocolate. It's perfect if you got a sweet tooth but you want to take care of yourself. Like me, I have a big time sweet tooth. I want the sweetness in my life. And so I love these built Bars because they're able to, I'm able to get all that sugar, all that sweetness that I want without actually taking in the sugar. Four or five grams of sugar, that's it, but you're getting 17, 18 grams of protein. And if the sweet uh, kind of salty flavor isn't your thing, don't worry. They got you covered with coconut, coconut almond. You can also do uh, all the different fruit flavors that they have as well. Raspberry, strawberry, uh, orange. You know, the best place, best way to do this is just go to the website and get yourself a sample box. Nine flavors that they continuously rotate over there and that they always have, as well as all the limited edition flavors. Get yourself two different flavors or two different bars for each of those standard flavors. 18 in the box. Go and check it out and then use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off. It's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Get it, Houdet Nation. Wrap it up today's episode. And look, I know it's always weird to have to talk about losses like this. We don't get losses like this in New Orleans very much. I don't usually have to talk about games like this, right? New Orleans Saints usually on the 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 giving end of these types of uh, of games, right? 27, 26 to seven. Saints are usually on the good side of it. We saw thirty eight to three last week. But for the Saints, it's really important that they take this seriously but don't overreact to it, right? Fans, we get, you get to overreact, right? You get to have 
your big reactions, everything like that. That's fine. You're a fan. Do that. Feel, love your team, all of that. But for the Saints, they don't have that option, right? They can't overreact to this because if they overreact or overcorrect, then they end up potentially generating more issues moving forward. Here's my example. You have, let's say, the New Orleans Saints here who have all of these coaches that are out, all of these players, everything that we cataloged at the beginning of the episode, right? You can't ignore that that had a factor in this game. You simply can't. But you still have to look and see where you can improve. And that's the sort of happy medium that the Saints have to strike. They can't go the route of saying, well, we were missing nine starters. We didn't have these coaches. We've been on the road. Bah, it happens. They can't do that, right? Instead, they have to go, but at the same time, they can't go to the other side and say, nothing's working. We have to scrap it all, <laughs> right? You can't do that. So you have to find, if you are this team, the specific areas where you can create constructive improvements and constructive reactions out of where can you constructively correct things that went wrong in this game. We pointed out the offensive line to open up this episode because the offensive line isn't getting healthy tomorrow. It's probably not going to be healthy in terms of Eric McCoy next week. So you have to be ready for the advancements, the adjustments, the improvements that you're going to make going up against Bill Belichick, who's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, right? Don't, don't, I'm not worried about the, the Patriots record. I'm worried about the coaching, right? So you have to be ready for that. On the defensive side, Marshawn Lattimore might be back. Marshawn Lattimore was out. CJ Gardner-Johnson was out. Quan Alexander was out. The Saints were missing so many different pieces. Tano uh, Passigno, um, uh, of, of course, Marcus Davenport, who's on injured reserve, missing so many pieces. Some of those pieces ain't coming back next week, right? So you have to, you still have to make adjustments on that defense so you don't have the slow start that this defense had to open up this game on Sunday, right? Which puts you in a 17 to zero hole. So for the Saints, you have to be strategic and you have to be intentional about what you pick and choose to address from this game. For the New Orleans Saints, the worst thing that they can do here is overreact and overcorrect. Just like we talked about with Jameis Winston, the worst thing that you can do with Jameis Winston, if you're Jameis Winston, is overreact. You have to forget what just happened and then get back in the mindset that you were in week one and be ready to go out there and have another good performance, not try to ward off a bad performance. That's where the Saints mentality has to be. The Saints mentality has to be getting back to their identity and getting back to what they do well. If the focus is on trying to not do poorly, you're going to do poorly. The focus has to be on being who you are. And we know who the New Orleans Saints are. Now, whether the New Orleans Saints look more like week one than week two, we'll learn that over time, right? We need a larger sample size than that. But the Saints think that they are more week one than they are week two. And so now they have to go out there and they have to prove it. They have to convince themselves of it. They have to be aware that that's who they are. And then they have to go out there and show it. And they'll do it here, hopefully. <laughs> week three against the New England Patriots on the road in Foxborough. So that's it. That's what I've got for this episode. Listen, I've recorded this episode like four times because I didn't want to give you anything that felt half-baked. It's important to me that you get something that's of value when you watch or listen to this show. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening, particularly all of our new listeners as well. Um, I can promise you that regardless of what happens over these next couple of weeks, the focus is on reality and the focus is on managing what the expectations have to be moving forward for this team. And that's certainly where we'll focus here with Locked on Saints as well. Tomorrow, we'll continue to break this down. We'll get into the numbers tomorrow. Wednesday, we'll get into film. Thursday, Mike debate. We're looking ahead 
Locked On Patriots is coming through for Crossover Thursday to get us ready for the matchup this weekend against the New England Patriots. Saints didn't have it go well here. Now they look to rebound. They look to get better. They look to bounce back. Some things are going to, like we said, fix themselves with pieces coming back in terms of the big question of availability, but how can they continue to improve with all of that knowledge? We'll talk about that all throughout the week here and get ready for next week. For everything in between, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Rosh Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.